Did you hear something? No. Hmm. Did I? I don't know. It's Simpsons time. Now, there have been a lot of great Valentine's Day episodes of The Simpsons. And by the time season four rolled around, there had already been a couple of great ones in the books. Uh, I speak of Principal Charming, when Skinner and Patty had a very brief romance, and the outstanding Bart the Lover, featuring Bart as Gordy Howe, the secret pen pal of Mrs. Krabappel. So those two set the stage very beautifully for I Love Lisa, which is the episode I'm going to talk about now. This was written by Frank Mueller, uh, who is not a super well-known Simpsons writer, but who was a staff writer during that time and uh, was kind of, uh, I don't want to say challenged, but asked to write the script to prove what he could do. <laughs> and he absolutely hit a home run. If I may say that again, I think hit a home run is something that I say a lot with regard to great Simpsons scripts. This is, of course, the real entree of Ralph Wiggum into The Simpsons cast, you know, in earnest. He's been seen before. He has had a name before. Um, but neither did we know him as a stupid boy. Nor did he have the identity of Chief Wiggum's son assigned to him before this point. So for that alone, the episode is an amazing triumph. But I find it... really, really skillfully weaves sweet emotion and sadness with, like, extreme Simpsons-style cruelty of the type that is really starting to emerge midway through season four in episodes like the monorail episode and Duffless and, you know, ones like that. A lot of things bursting into flames <laughs> starting midway through season four. But it's very, very sweet. It's lovely that Lisa has her crisis of conscience because she really doesn't like Ralph, but she wants him to feel better. And haven't we all been there, ladies? And others who have to ward off unwanted advances all the time. Ah, oh, I kid. Um, fun trivia fact 
showrunner Al Jean has I Choo Choo Choose You written on his wedding band because, as he says, his wife loves that episode so much. That's her favorite episode. So I guess it worked out better for him and that couple than it did for poor, doomed Lisa and Ralph. I love the framing device of Monster Mash in this. Um, I always love jokes about Bill and Marty, of course. I mean, how could I not? Um, you know, and when they have passive-aggressive fights on the air, it's I eat it up. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, Marty erroneously plays Monster Mash at the beginning and we, you know we start the whole episode with a view of the KBBL tower um, and then the episode wraps up with Lisa and Ralph having reconciled they're on the swings after the President's Day pageant and Monster Mash plays again as Chief Wiggum is in his car observing them his cruiser I should say um, I love the Valentine's Day stuff in the beginning, segueing so seamlessly into the President's Day stuff. Incidentally, next week I'm going to do a segue of my own by talking about a President's Day appropriate Simpsons. But leave that be for now. The episode originally aired on February 18th, 2003, which meant that Valentine's Day would have already been over by the time people were seeing it live. So uh, I thought that was very cleverly done to have it be a Valentine's Day episode, but for the after, you know, describing the aftermath of Valentine's Day. And there's a lot of glitz and glamour in this great episode that is, you know, a very human episode of a failed love story, but you still have the crusty special with Sideshow Mel whacked out on Wowie Sauce and, you know, all of the great flashback clips to <laughs> Krusty singing Break On Through and all of that. And there is also the President's Day performance with all of the skits and the songs. Totally awesome. Uh, Rex makes his first and I think his last appearance as the ham actor of Mrs. Ho Miss Hoover's class. He gets the shaft because he's not connected in the town the way Ralph is. And they managed to pack in a lot of activity without resorting to very many of those cutaway jokes. I mean, they do the ones within the crusty framework when we see Sideshow Rahim and we see the Doors performance and all of that and the, <laughs> the urine monkey on Krusty's head. 
But I prefer that to the sort of inorganic, the critic style, you know, taking us out of the action way of having cutaway jokes that Family Guy uses so heavily now. The only one of these that I can think of that's used in I Love Lisa is um, the hilarious one of um, Chief Wiggum and Krusty in the porno theater. Very good, very edgy. Ah, Krusty knows how to play ball. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. That story's not appropriate for children. Really? I keep my pants on in this one. <laughs> Silly stuff. Uh, Flanders. Ever the cream puff sings, Do you think I'm sexy? As if you think I'm cuddly and you want my company. Come on, wifey, let me know. While well, he's serenading Maud. And there's room for Homer to show what an irresponsible husband he is <laughs> right at the beginning where he has to, like, uh, try to climb down the drain pipe in order to sneak out and get the box of chocolates, which costs $100 for Marge. It's lovely. It's got singing. It's got dancing. It's got moral dilemmas. Um, it has the wonderful, robust development of Ralph Wiggum as the beloved character that we know him as today. He's much more capable in this than he becomes in future seasons and future episodes. Uh, much like Homer, who started out kind of stupid and got extremely stupid and then recovered and got a little less stupid again. I think Ralph always stays more or less retarded. But in I Love Lisa, at least he has the wherewithal to tar the roof for Homer. And to give a wonderful, convincing acting performance as George Washington. Oh, I can think of one other cutaway joke, which was Skinner's Vietnam flashback. I think it might have been the first of this kind. We knew before that Skinner was in Vietnam. We just never saw a flashback. But um, it's the one where his buddy is cutting out a valentine to send to his girl and it gets riddled with machine gun fire. It's so good, it has everything. One of my favorites, one of the ones I always think about around Valentine's Day, and maybe you do too.
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Thanks for listening to Simpsons Time. I'll see you next week with another Simpsons Time. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. Thank you for listening. Thank you. What? Thank them. Thank you for listening to Simpsons Time Through the Debigulator, a podcast from Give the Drummer Radio and from WFMU and from me, Amanda Nazario, which is a digest of past Simpsons times done by me during Nazario Scenario, which is a different radio show. Listen, it's still October. We are still doing our October fundraiser that we do every year to keep us up and running here at WFMU. So if you haven't yet, please uh, kick a few bucks in to this podcast, wfmu.org slash playlists slash SY. And thank you if you've donated already. Uh, gosh. You could really, I have to append to Simpsons time this time, as I sometimes do. Um, You could really drive yourself crazy trying to think without seeing the episodes sequentially of like, when was the first Skinner Vietnam flashback? When was the first realization we had that Ralph was stupid? Like, I'm not quite sure that I Love Lisa was the first of either of those but um, I will still argue that this sort of gelled it all it sort of it brought it all to the fore in a way that it hadn't been before but yeah all of you Simpsons fans listening can um, set me right and have a nice feud between each yourselves amongst yourselves Anyway, thank you for listening. Talk to you later. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can monster man.